welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about big teams, broken teams, guilty teams, and double teams. I'm Justin. And <laughs> I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to follow up last week's episode with, believe it or not, four more chapters. Chapter 29 through 32 of Book 6, Fate of the Jedi, Vortex. And let's see if we don't have a disaster giggle fest like last time. I showed that to my kids and we were all crying laughing Yeah, at how absurd that voice got. But first, bum bum bum. Previously on Forever Canon, Booster takes 100 hostages to free grandbaby horns. Kenth and Saba catwalk duel while Jedi launch. Talon's eyes are turning silver. Luke still joins forces. Skywalker plans to act and react. A plan which was highly criticized in the previous <laughs> book series, yeah. Legacy of the Force. Go check it out. But that was last series and last week. This week, we start with chapter 29, where, what was it, like three or four chapters ago, we left Han Solo's kidnapping team, prison break team. Yeah, they were like, like they were starting to plan, and Jag showed up and told them, "Do it." Yeah, <laughs> and sped everything up. Jaina said sorry, and and Saba's like, "Okay, we got fifteen minutes, go." Exactly, and then everything goes, and now we catch up with Han Solo and his vast team of prison breakers, ready to save the Horn kids, because it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Prison security has stepped up, so the plan has changed to quote blast their way in, get the Horn kids. Get out. Yeah, typical Han plan. Simple enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the plan? Do the thing or die. Yeah. Like that's pretty much always. <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? If you want to break it down and be simple, there aren't too many fine details to this plan. Although they are pretending to be exterminators. Han almost pukes. Which is cool because <laughs> even in space future, there are still gross pest problems that you have to take care of. Yeah. Probably more so. Really? Yeah, alien bugs. A wide variety of species that they have that are sentient. Imagine how many disgusting bugs and uh, other... uh, Yep. I hate bugs. Anyways. Currently, they're foaming some slugs. Yeah, they're like... Apparently, these slugs are eating the outside of the prison. Yeah, the Durasteel or whatever. And so, they're foaming over it to also cover the cameras. And... But they are actually <laughs> killing the slug things and taking them off, and they're disgusting. Han hates it. But we're setting up for a really cool, fun heist. Mm-hmm. We've got two squads, one for Gisela's carbonite slab mm-hmm. and one for Valen's carbonite slab. Squad number one, Natu Awan, Seth Helen, Yakil Saevitu, and Kunor Ban, all former crazies. Four Jedi Knights. Yep. And they're all on the same mission at the same time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> can we talk about that? Yeah. I put why? They're Question marks. Being very reckless, very cavalier is the word that I would not find at 10 o'clock at night with these recently recovered from psychosis Jedi. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Four of them together on the same team. No babysitters. <laughs> no. I mean, other than the other squad, which is. 
Han, Leia, Jaina, Zek, Terran. Yep. And also R2 and C3PO. Not former crazies, all current badasses or golden droid. Yep, they need R2 two, is a badass. They need two droids and an extra regular person to make up for that one Jedi. Right. Except these teams are not really fairly balanced either, are they? No. First of all, never mind all the crazies on one side. What? You got... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Han's not a Jedi, but you got... Zach is a very accomplished, world-saving Jedi Knight. Yep. Jaina might be the strongest one left, other than Luke. And Leia... It's Luke Skywalker's twin sister, for God's <laughs> sakes. You know what I'm saying? And then there's four like young Jedi Knights who just went crazy a few weeks ago. On the other, I don't know. I just thought the disparity between these two teams was just they were not, not very balanced. No. Apparently, also we're told about something that transpired between Zek and Terran on the planet Relifon, which led to them now being engaged. Mm-hmm. Something happened that. He blushes and nobody wants to talk about type of thing. Like it reminded me of the Avengers with uh, Hawkeye and and Black Widow. Whatever happened in Budapest and we'll never tell anybody (laughs) ever. Not even on the cliff edge and goodbye. Story over. Nobody knows that kind of thing, which is, you know, (laughs) it's a pretty common trope in media, but it's, I like its use here. Because I really, really want to know what the hell happened to this guy. Yeah. Last time we heard he was ejecting out of his starfighter in the middle of a nebula. Yeah, that sensors don't work in. And and somehow he ends up doing something on Relifon with Terran Zell. Hey, remember Relifon? Mm-hmm. Where Duca Al Grey staged her Whoa. coup against Queen Mother Tonka. Yeah, I had to look it up. But Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know what? I was like, you know what we should do more often? All those times where I'm like, I don't remember that. I should just quickly type it into Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. Because it takes like two seconds. And then I wrote down this piece of information that made you go, ah. <laughs> See? And we like references back to past things anyways. We comment on that. Yes. So to not be too critical of that and not provide any of it would be a little absurd. (laughs) So I was like, Relifon, I remember that, and Terrafon. But I was like, which thing happened on which planet? Nothing really happened on Relifon. That was just, I think, where all the navy that she had amassed was. And everything happened on Terrafon, where Jaina and Zek got ambushed. When they were supposed to be meeting the Duca. Yeah. And they ended up fighting like a series of YVH droids. Right? Yeah. And then wandering around for a bit trying to. Lost in the jungle. Yep. Trying to reconcile their relationship with each other. And then on the sister moon. Apparently Terran and Zek get engaged in stuff. I don't, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I just I want. I'll take a book or a short story about Zek's little adventure during missing time. Yeah. You know. It's it's a it's a big driving force of these Star Wars stories too is like the mystery of what magic people get up to when you're not looking. Yeah. <laughs> when they're not in the pages. Where did Jason Solo go for two years on his sojourn across the galaxy to learn all these mystical things from all these disparate 
spread ends across the galaxy. You know? Yeah, just a little small story. It's just, yeah. It doesn't... <laughs> but the Zek thing is, oh, God, I'm obsessed with this guy. Maybe because I've been yelling about it for weeks upon end for a year. <laughs> yeah. Where is Zek? And well, wh- here he is, but he's not telling us where he was, really. He was on Relphone. Whatever happened, uh, she listens to him. They have a really good relationship between the two of them. And I don't know, you know, that helps this squad quite a bit as she's like the getaway driver. Yeah. And I don't know, bang, boom, we blow our way into the prison and there's heat immediately. Fast response of episode one type of vent gassing and also shooting missiles at pedestrian bridges outside of the prison, right? The GAS has come with their attack ships yeah. and just started wildly shooting at their getaway <laughs> Immediately vehicles. concussion missiles and, yeah, and people you know, got to run. And-, and Leia's like, we might be concerned about the, the casualties, but they're certainly not. And you know what? It's going to be on us in the end because we are the ones breaking into the prison. Yeah. So like any loss of life, no matter whose responsibility it is, ultimately becomes the responsibility of the Jedi Order, which sucks, but... You got to do what you, you got to do. You didn't shoot the missile at the bridge of pedestrians. Yeah. Whatever happened out there. Oh, and they also have news vans all over the place outside of the prison. One of them is a secret undercover getaway vehicle. Just in case. But as has been sort of a rising theme throughout these two series that we've covered, the presence of the media and what is happening you know, with the eyes of the entire galaxy on these hostile explosive situations has become more and more an important theme. Yeah. From Madi Vant being murdered on live TV, the slaughter of those Octuzi horse people, centaurs, the killing of Connie Asari on the front steps of the temple. temple. All of this on live television. And now the Jedi are breaking into a GAS prison (laughs) to steal their frozen friends back. And whatever casualties, you know, become associated with that, become associated with the Jedi by association. Yeah, I'm hoping, though, that, like, I know they're breaking in, but I'm hoping some of the public on a whole would see, hey, look at all the stuff that Dala's been doing. Well, yeah, right? You have to imagine that she's cultivated enough ill will at this point with yeah. her terrible terrible decisions why did you hire mandalorians to siege the jedi temple first of all you started this you broke into their temple first yes okay second of all you stood outside of it you tried to starve them out why mandalorians the whole time and not not the gas the military yeah <laughs> yeah because kent hamner has ties to the military i guess was like a loose reason we were given in the very beginning but mm-hmm. like yeah, you're the chief of state, though, right, and stuff? Yeah, he, she. you should hold more pull. But then again, how would she? She's only been around for two years. Yeah, she was gone Before for... Before like, that, she was a disappeared mystery into like, the moth for decades. Yeah, like 20 years or something. Yeah. So, I guess that's valid. Mm-hmm. But, you trust the, I guess, the money that you're paying the Mandos more than you trust the divided loyalty... Of the military. Yeah, they take a contract, they follow through most of the time. Yeah, well, (laughs) 
all the way through. Really shouldn't give them just a blank slate, though. <laughs> Might want to put an upper limit <laughs> on what you're requesting of them. Hey, do whatever you want. It should not be a thing. <laughs> Back in the prison, though, we get my favorite thing, uh, R2 and C-3PO banter. Absolutely. While R2 is working good. on the computer trying to find the horns in the facility. Remember last time we checked in with them? They were like, we have trackers on them because the parents went in and like cried on the carbonite and they stuck it tracking device on the side of the slabs so they were watching them move through the building but it didn't make any sense so oh how are they and they're gone to separate floors and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so r2 is jacking into the port trying to find out where they are and he locates the horns and also 50 guards that are on their way to face off with the solo squad 50 guards on this floor mm-hmm. four flows flows <laughs> four flows below us <laughs> is the other team of the foe sick Jedi, <laughs> right? Um, so you got to assume there's another 50 <laughs> or so going to meet them. Like a hundred guards coming to fight the squad of Jedi and Han Solo. Yeah. Which I mean, guess what? As always, sucks to be nameless guards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> because... Oh, boy. Stun grenades and Jedi and oh, wouldn't you know it, you know? Yep. It's kind of kind of gross the way that Troy Denning describes it to you, you know? Like, uh, Han throws up a grenade. Zach lets go of his lightsaber and throws, his, uh, throws it at a group of troopers with one hand, right? Yeah. And then, like, just a dozen people fall to the ground. <laughs> They're not dead. They're stun grenades, right? Yeah. But it's just, like, poof, off. <laughs> Freaky. You know, and then Han throws another one, and Jaina just directs it with her mind because she's that much goddamn stronger than Zach, right? Yeah. And uh, another dozen just clunkle on the floor. It's it's just got this creepy otherworldliness to it, where you're you're turning humans off like robots. Yeah. Switching them off by overloading their senses, or whatever a stun grenade is doing. I the, that's probably a pretty apt description. <laughs> it's. It's kind of gross. And yeah. I, I like this at that part with the throwing of the grenades. You see the different levels of training that they've all had. Because you got Jaina who just looks in the direction she needs. Yeah. Zek has to switch and use a hand. And Leia's, she doesn't even lift it all the way. She bounces it down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Not not even just as much as that is a reflection of like their different strengths and training. It's also personality maybe too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just uh, the cockiness of Jaina and, I don't know, Leia doesn't want to go for a headshot. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to bounce down the hallway, the diplomat. Yeah, she's more of a diplomat. I don't know, for stuff sure. like that. But it, you're right. That was just, that was a, a well-described interaction with the stun grenades. And then, like we said, sucks to be the guards because, like, they're all out. Yeah, the, there goes over. more than half of them in a second. And this heist then goes to the next level of crazy as one of those GAS ships that we were talking about, blasting apart the, the ped bridge and shooting at the escape vehicles, just s- comes in Park's nose first in one of the holes they blew in the side of the wall when they were on the hover scaff mm-hmm. as the extermination crew. Cool science fiction term, by the way. Sticks the nose of his ship right in their opening. And guess what? It's got a big fat laser cannon Man, on it. It just starts going. She's <laughs> just mental yeah. points his cannon into the entrance hole of the prison which by the way means 
He's pointing his cannon down a hallway that's lined with prisoners. Yes. Who have been screaming at the Jedi squad obscenities and pleas of whatever it may be. What the hell is GAS doing? Maybe Dalla should have used them in the first place. Or maybe they've grown way more reckless and violent because of the because example of... set by the Mandalorians that she hired. Mm-hmm. Right? Her, her own yeah, violence is getting away from her. Like her nastiness is spreading. Yeah. And it's not even the dark side, dude. Or maybe it is Abelasso. Oh, don't say that. If she can reach all the way to Coruscant to affect a few Jedi that she's tentacled before, that's one thing. But if she can reach the GAS and the Mandalorians and Dala and make everybody get whacked, Dala's been in the maw. Scratch her off the list of being crazy to control. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's scary. Yep. Anyways, back to the heist. They blow up the ship. <laughs> that sticks his gun in the hole, because of course you do. This was really actually pretty confusing here. Yes. Han throws a grenade. I mean, first the cannon shoots, and then it's like 3PO trips into Han, and Han, first of all, they almost knocked each other over the balcony to begin with. Broke Han's arm almost. Even started. And Zek had to save him in the Force. Thank God for the Force. How many times would you say that across the Star Wars <laughs> media? <laughs> a couple times. But but it was like, this scene was really confusing. I don't know. I, I just couldn't understand who was bumping into who and who was rolling around what corner and who was tripping over the tiny bit of <laughs> like entrance lift on the floor between the between the doorway or whatever. Like, Yeah. Although, to be fair, I've tripped over something that was not raised well, off the floor just because of my perception. Well, you're threw just, me off. you are. On the same level as C-3PO, okay? I, <laughs> yeah. I've never tripped on nothing in my life. A I line would. painted on the floor. Trip me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that a lot. Tell you what I don't really like is after blowing up this ship who poked his nose in the uh, entrance hole, they head like deeper in the prison and Han says the word noobs. Yes, he does. And I was like, ah, oh, gross. Mm-hmm. That's very 2010. <laughs> Not very long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I've never heard the word noobs used before in Star Wars. No, this was the first. And it's used a couple of times, I think. And we've read on the podcast alone five of Troy Denning's books. Mm-hmm. It appears here for the very first time in Chapter 29. And I don't really care for it. Han says noobs. R2 almost dies. There's excitement everywhere. They find the storage room. And in a freaky Matrix-esque twist, it's a giant cylindrical shaft Mm -hmm. that spans multiple floors. Hence why they're tracking dots. Didn't make any sense. Walls lined with Frozen people in carbonite pods hung all along the walls. And Han wants to save them all. Yeah, because prisons are bad. <laughs> and, and he's been frozen before. Yep. See, I said foe again. Yes. Bringing it back. It's called <laughs> callback. 
<laughs> no, yeah, he does. He wants to stop and free everybody, which is obviously... That's not happening. Not possible. But let's consider the implication of whose secret prison is this? Because it's secret. Yeah. And it's got 4,000 frozen people in it. Who's doing is that? And they kind of speculate on that right in the moment. They're like, maybe it was... Remember way back when Jaina embarrassed that guard who had them hung up as uh, yep. decorations? Maybe it was him because he's kind of a dick. Yeah, his name started with a Y, I think. Or maybe it's... Yeah, he was a... No, he was a Yaka. Oh, okay. That was his species. Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> so, something about him. But speculating on, you know, whose is this? And I would assume Dala's because she was quite quick to freeze the two Jedi. Yeah. Why does she have 4,000... People frozen in carbonite. That's secretly. Yeah. And I wonder, because it doesn't come up at all. She doesn't bring it up. Maybe it's leftovers from even Jason. Oh, that would be a vile twist. Mm -hmm. That would be nasty. Cool. But I think it's her. Because she is insidiously evil. Like... In a background layer level sort of thing. Yeah. She does these horrible things and thinks that they're fine all the time. Yeah. It's fine that the Mandalorians murdered an apprentice on the steps of the Jedi Temple. It's fine that they slaughtered like a hundred horse people on live television again. You know? Yeah. Peaceful protesters. She has a really whack barometer for violence. I guess... Because of being part of the Empire and her whole life. But prisons are bad, Tim. Yeah. Small note for this chapter. Jane and Jagger back together. Isn't that neat? Because she's wearing her engagement ring. Yep. But don't make a big deal out of it, Dad. Okay, geez. Yeah, geez. Let's God, move on. Geez, Dad. We're on a mission. Yeah, we got things to do. We can't save these several stories of frozen people. <laughs> we have to find Valen and Gisela and get out of here. Troy does something pretty awesome as the teams are planning their escape after having found Valen and Gisela quickly. Because remember they put those tracking devices on them? Well, C-3PO can track them, so we found them. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we brought the droids. <laughs> but during this this whole, not siege, heist, Troy does this cool thing where he... The teams are speaking across open comms. The, the rescue team and the getaway team, right? Back yeah. and forth updating each other on what's going on and they're trying to mislead the galactic alliance space police out there so troy keeps inserting these translations yeah they're freaking fun man like this one two minutes han said into his throat mic if the signy can shake free by then we'll head for the undercity and try to escape on foot translation we'll be at the pickup point in two minutes make sure dorn and bandy are waiting the Undercity, Zek replied, on foot? In two minutes, that may be our only way out, Han said. It's better than rotting in a GAS prison cell. Again, lies. Yep. Just lies for the listeners in out there in the Galactic Alliance uh, police cruisers. When really they're saying, hey, fake news crew, be ready in two minutes because that's when we're done. Yeah, exactly. They're saying, oh, the plan's not going to work. Translation. The plan's fine. B-12. 
be there. <laughs> right? And everything is fine. And even Han says, as they're escaping, easy peasy. Yeah. And of course, what happens then? The door is all slammed shut. And he and Leia are cut off from the rest of the nine other people on the team. Yeah, those two and the two carbonated and bodies. they have the two frozen horn kids. Of course they do, right? Of course it goes wrong as soon as Han says, this is going well. Because, you know, things go bad when you brag about them. And things go fine when you have a bad feeling about this. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> the force works in mysterious ways. <laughs> You'll switch switcheroo. The white current or whatever the hell. Anyways, of course it goes wrong. Slam. Han and Leia are locked in, so they go back into the several stories of 4,000 frozen people, climb to the roof where the plan is, hope we don't kill ourselves as we blast a hole in this roof, and then we'll definitely get rescued up top. Yeah. The explosion goes off, and Han turns around to tell Leia to get going, and half of the balcony behind him is gone. And there's no sign of her and no sign of the carbonite pods. And this might be my favorite moment of Han Solo in like all of the books so far. We'll get yeah. to my favorite, favorite Han Solo <laughs> moment in the next series that we do. But this one was fantastic. He turns around and he thinks Leia's gone. Yeah. And he starts like, primal screaming down the hole her name and he's like anguished and he's uh, confused first of all in the blast and the explosion and where's my wife and then you know yeah (laughs) she's up top bro she's like hey hurry up i've been out here for like five seconds already (laughs) she's fine she's up top this moment that he has of like losing the second last third last thing that he cares about you know he's already already lost his best friend Chewbacca Mm -hmm. he's already lost his son Anakin his son Jason Jane is always in danger but it's like Han and Leia together always survive everything yeah and so he turns around and he sees his wife missing and he's like immediate maximum despair because he's already lost so much that now this seems possible. Yep. Right. Imagine like earlier Han Solo where cocky grin and everything's yeah. Two minutes earlier, Han Solo trying to run out of this place. And he's like, ah, we did it. Yeah. It's all good. I told you easy. Right. Just like I told you easy. But then when things go wrong now, it's a much more drastic emotional reaction from yeah. him because he's lost it's so many. It's so dramatic that I think even in the writing, they add a couple of G's and H's on the end of her name because he's yelling yeah. so hard. Yeah, with all the warbling scream of desperation, right? Yeah. But no, it's fine. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's time to go. She's here, waiting on him. Here comes Terran Zell in the Cygni 750, whatever the hell, spaceship for people who care about that. She escaped the GAS. And well, the plan, the plan is the plan is done. Here's Han, Han gets on the ship. Here's See, a question you. for you: Did you think that Leia was dead for a second? I thought I didn't think she was dead, but I definitely thought she had fallen and she was down a couple floors. And this chapter was going to last a few more pages. Me too. I, I was like, oh man, I know she's not dead. Yeah. 
You don't you don't kill her when no one's looking. Right, they're turned away against the wall and can't see each other because they're hiding from the blast. <laughs> Just like, nah, she gone. Sorry. Yeah, no, she's gonna die in his arms. So I knew she wasn't dead, but yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, oh, something went wrong. <laughs> eh, it's like it was already fine. a long chapter, so it's like, oh, more pages. Was it seventy-two? <laughs> no, was it thirty-two pages? It was a long pages? chapter, man. Holy shit! Oh. 31 pages later, <laughs> the Jedi have rescued the Horn Kids. Mission complete. Chapter 30. Tahiri is back on trial. No spectators today, due to all the errant venture and stealth X madness up in the skies, of course not. No crowd means no cameras, which is maybe bad news for Tahiri because we've got a specially ordered favor-induced data chip from Jag and the Empire, that's going to completely destroy the liar witness. Yeah. But there's no cameras here today. There's no one to see it. So Tahiri thinks to herself, no matter what, the people are just going to remember what she said because that's all they're going to see. Yeah. You know. Uh, she probably replace. Mm-hmm. She's probably going to be run on the news a few more times. What's about to happen in this courtroom? Because... The special delivery from JAG, this data chip called Exhibit Omega. Yes. Okay. Relax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dramatic as all hell. Yeah, they they, they could have just used a regular letter. Right. Didn't have to no. go Greek. Omega. <laughs> Anyways, it's a video recording of Tahiri and Darth Kaidus discussing killing Pelion, the conversation that the one witness lied about. Where she said, Kaidus said, you didn't have to kill him. And the truth is, he said, kill him yeah. or else. Kill him if, if he won't. he was a Sith. Yeah. If he won't join us, you gotta kill him. And he says things like, some sacrifices have to be made, and sometimes it's hard to do the right thing, and blah, blah, blah. Like he's giving Tahiri a whole pep talk about killing a 92-year-old man, right? Yeah, killing a defenseless man because you have to. Have to. Yeah. <laughs> See? See? Let's be proven wrong. They play the thing. And then her two lawyers start arguing with each other, right? In front of the whole courtroom. Yeah. Uh, because you can't have two lawyers that don't have the same plan. And Aramuth is supposed to work alone. And you've offended his honor by bringing this woman in in the first place. Which was another special favor from Jag to get her in here, by the way. Mm-hmm. Through Han and Leia. Sardini Sardone. <laughs> the young upshot up and coming hot shot lawyer. Yeah. Good old sardine <laughs> gets kicked off the defense team. Cause you know what? Tahiri realizes that she's made a mistake. Pretty short turn for being a special favor. But the message here is what trust the old dog, the self-sacrificing Buatu who's willing to, Destroy his own reputation, fall, pretending to fall asleep, pretending to forget things, not knowing people's names, in defense of your reputation. Yeah. Or this brand new can of sardines who just wants to crush the other lawyer to win the case the wrong yeah. way. She's trying to make a name for herself rather than Boatu not caring about his. But that's the point, is that Tahiri has learned... The same thing that the Jedi have learned, the Jason rule they're putting into the code. 
The ends don't justify the means. Destroying this lawyer with a lie to win the case is not doing it the right way. No. And I have to do things the right way now. Yeah. Right? That's what this is. That's the whole reason this sardine lady was brought in was to give us this juxtaposition between her and the old lawyer and give Tahiri the choice between doing the wrong thing to win or the right thing to maybe win. The wrong thing to guarantee success or the right thing with a chance of failure. Yeah, because the last time, that's, that's where she got herself into this position in the first place. And that's what being a good person is. Yeah. When you have the choice between those two things, the easy way or the right way, you choose the right way. Yeah, you should anyway. Anyway, the lying witness is a liar and arrested. <laughs> yeah, his own lawyer. Is <laughs> the prosecu- on, yeah, says, the prosecuting hey. lawyer says, sorry, your honor, uh, I've been tricked. Also arrest that woman. <laughs> yeah, I want this witness remanded because she lied during a murder trial. And so him also proving the point. Yes. We have to do this the wrong way. She lied to me to to persecute and prosecute Tahiri. She lied to accomplish that goal. Yeah, because her lover died or something. Yeah. Yeah. On aboard the Bloodfin. Mm-hmm. Look at us. <laughs> uh, arrested. <laughs> you have to do things the right way for the right reasons now. This is the new thing. Yeah. In 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 this era of Star Wars. This is the brand new thing. Jason proved it in the last series. You know, he did all the wrong things for the right reason and ended up corrupted and evil and twisted and dead. Yes. So now, you know, we have the new rule in the Jedi Code where you have to judge your decisions every day before you go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) You can't wait till the end of the mission, right? Yeah. And it's it's a brand new... Almost a revolution inside of the Jedi Order. And we're seeing a similar thing happening with Luke's action versus passivity. Yes. Over the threat of the, to the White Throne. This is the last series that we get in forever canon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's setting up a complete revolution of the Jedi Order. From page from chapter one, where Luke gets exiled. Yeah. This is the thread that's been running through the whole time. Is that Luke is going on the same journey that Jason went on, which radicalized him, but it's going to revolutionize Luke. And and the with, whole with, order. And the whole Jedi Order along with him, with his, you know, uh benefit of more uh, greater perspective. Yeah. Having had all this happen with Jason already and then following in his footsteps with a with a greater understanding. Yep. Which in the last series, it was Luke not understanding, not caring to understand. He was fucking sleeping all yeah. the time. And now he's, he gets exiled and he's like, okay, I want to know what's going on and, and what happened. And it's just from from book one been setting up a revolution of the Jedi order that is coming to fruition through this message of you can only truly accomplish your goals through goodness. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it's the problem of, of what has led 
every Jedi falling to the dark side. The easy way, the easy win. Yep. Right? And that's what Akana throws in Luke's face <laughs> in the cave when he finds her originally on Pierder. Right? And she's like, you you're you failed the Jedi Order. The Jedi Order is 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 a fallen is a sequence of fallen Jedi because you all care about the wrong things and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. All the criticism that she laid against him and the guilt that she instilled in the back of his mind is all part of this revolution. Yeah. You all just worry about the goal and don't worry about what gets messed up in the middle. And it's something for us to really look at in the next series. Yeah. All the things we're willing to sacrifice to win this war. All the bits of evil we're willing to allow to defeat the greater evil. Right? Mm -hmm. And now we've come all the way, let's call it 35 books later (laughs) from that series, to here where do the right thing. No matter what. Yeah, that'll be an interesting you thing to win, follow along. You gotta with. win the right way, right? And and I guess in the, in a in a sense, Akana is right. Luke has led the Jedi astray. Yeah, he's been the leader all this time. Mm-hmm. How much evil has he allowed over the years to accomplish goals to to suppress greater evils? You know, to avoid whatever may have been coming down the white current, <laughs> not purposely, mm-hmm. but you know. Different message now. Every time, every night before you go to bed, checklist. Yeah. (laughs) What was right? What was wrong? Judge yourself accordingly. Yes. No. Maybe. (laughs) The Jason Solo tenet of the Jedi Order. (laughs) Chapter 31. Saba reflecting on her failure with Kent Hamner. And dang, she feels it. Oh, yeah. She had slain Kent Hamner in a dominance fight. And good long tails did not make such mistakes. They knew how to control without killing. To lead without biting away the parts that made a pack strong. Now the order was missing a worthy master. The young ones had lost a wise teacher. And Saba had no chance to repair a friendship that had meant much to her in the past. And all of that was her failure. Yeah, she's not wrong. No. She's right on all counts. From the loss of Kent Hamner being a, a problem. Yeah. To it being her fault. She she knew what was... Oh, I guess she kind of didn't. You know, she jumped up on that catwalk and ended up immediately in over her head. Yeah. Because Kent Hamner was at red line limit desperation. And she kind of didn't realize that. Which then led to she has to let him fall. Yeah, falls to his death. Let him fall, or the stealth axes don't go. He Which, what? No Jedi down there could catch him. No shit, right? <laughs> I don't care if you're sitting in your cockpit. Even if all it, it takes is a little. <laughs> yeah, and there's say a hundred of them down there. They just go. All of them could just. Any one of them could, because mm-hmm. uh, if D and D has taught me anything, it's a reaction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll tell you that for sure. He wasn't fit to lead. No. Failure all along the way and constantly thinking to himself, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But he didn't deserve to die for that. No. 
even if it was his choice, that sacrifice. He chose to throw the lightsaber and force Saba to choose between his life and Luke Skywalker's. Yeah, force that decision on her. And she's she's right, he's right, they're both wrong. And it's yeah. bad it's a bad time. I probably would have made the same decision as her. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to because you're not saving Luke Skywalker, okay? That was pretty uh dimish, diminishing? <laughs> Dim, dim like a like a like a very narrow view of what it was thanks yeah that idea because what you're really doing is fighting a fleet of sith and an ancient evil entity that nobody else knows about no there's the greatest threat to your everyday life on the other side of the galaxy you don't even know it yeah because as far as they know she's dead right no did they tell her that she's still when when we approached peter Mm mm-hmm and Luke sent that special Morse code message. Oh, yes. Also, the Sith knew because Vistara sent the message. Everybody knows <laughs> everyone's at Pyrrhur. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just what's up. But coming back to Saba and Kent Hamner, yeah, he forced her to make an easy but impossible decision. Yeah. And now he's dead. She feels the guilt for it, and she doesn't want to sit in the grandmaster's chair. Yeah, they, she's sitting in she her regular chair around the council when Dala calls. In a furious what the f how dare you? Where are the 100 hostages? She's got a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. She's quite mad. Uh the Jedi essentially tell her to look out. Yeah. Cuz we're coming for you. Yeah. If we have to. Like they don't tell her anything. They no. tell her they're they're uh, they're on a gambling trip. Yeah. Hamner's where, unavailable. Hamner's unavailable, and Corn Horn steps in, right? Um, because it wasn't Kip Dern, it wasn't Kyle Katarn. Those are the three guys yes. I always mix up. Yes, Corn Horn <laughs> and Silgal's there. And Silgal step in, and they're like, "Hey, Dala, suck it." Yeah, simmer down or it's going to be bad yeah. for you. You settle down or we're not going to settle down. Yeah. And based on this rousing success, this mission, this three-pronged mission that they pulled off today, you know? Yeah, it was a great success. They they utterly undermined and destroyed her. Yeah. <laughs> they They got everything they wanted without losing anything to her. Kent Hamner is lost. And that, as Saba says, is a big loss for the Order. Mm-hmm. He might not have actually been the Grand Master, but he's been a master for a long time. Yeah. And a valuable one. A wise one. Powerful. All that jazz, right? Corn and Silgal, after the call with Dala, telling her to beat it, <laughs> tell Saba the opposite. <laughs> they tell her she's the acting Grand Master because, quote, we need a warrior to lead the order. Yeah. At least for right now. At least for right now. Yeah. She reluctantly has to agree. She led the mutiny, so she must lead them through the other side of it. Yeah. And she says, I'll do it until Dala is gone. Until Luke is back to judge my failure. Yeah, because she feels like she needs to be put on trial for what she did. For Kent Hamner's death. Mm-hmm. Which... 
you know, human brains tell you you're acquitted. Yeah. Of manslaughter. Yep. Or whatever, right? But her lizard brain and their packed mentality and their severe violent loyalty all that stuff you know there's so many it's just it's a different brain it's she's a different person yeah but they've got quite the aggressive new leader huh yeah what do you think about that yeah kent hamner has been the leader for six books and he has said just wait a minute for six books (laughs) saba is the leader and she's already accidentally killed the other guy yeah, and and launched a squadron of stealth axes <laughs> yeah. and recovered the horn children. Yeah, and says we gotta get Dala out of there. Yeah, we have to remove her. Aggressive. Yep. Revolution for the Jedi Order. And she was she's not search she wasn't searching for the mastership for the Grand Mastership. No, she didn't. She doesn't want to be the leader. Wanted at all. So. A lot of the time in a lot of books you read and movies you watch, the people that don't want it right. make the better leaders the anyway. Re- the reluctant leader yeah. is not going to uh, not betray, abuse that power yeah. as freely. Although even Kenneth Hamner did, right? He installed Baractal on the Master Council under the assumption that he, he would, get he would have personal loyalty over loyalty of the Jedi Order to her. Yeah, that was an oversight. What? The hell? Yeah, that's not. Especially when you already know nobody likes you. All right, guy. <laughs> You're dead. Chapter 32. <laughs> hey, it's Luke Skywalker for the first time in this episode. Yep. He's watching High Lord Talon, who looks like he's turning into Abeloth, question his ex, Akana, who also looks a lot like Abeloth, eh? And Talon is looking rough, Weird, too. Isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's looking... looking- Gaunt and sickly. Mentally, Luke tells us about the big battle that's about to erupt here in the Falanasi courtyard. That's their secret hideout on top of this cliff. Mm-hmm. That's covered in Sith who have landed in shuttles. That's also covered in Sith in the sky. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. There's like, what, like hundred Sith or something? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hundreds of ships. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember quite what the number is, but... There's about to be a big fight here, and Luke tells us that this is likely going to leave both Ben and Vistara with dead daddies. Yeah. And I go, uh-oh. What happens if Luke dies in book six? Because he's kind of, like, resigned to it. Yeah. He's to the fact that, you know, and maybe this will come up, <laughs> but he's resigned to the fact that he's willing to give his life to stop the threat that is Abeloth. Yeah. And I guess as we move forward through this, we'll see how much sense that makes. But he's convinced there's about to be a big fight up here because Talon is questioning this Akana Baloth and he's torturing an old lady while doing it. and Looks bad. Also, don't forget, Luke is so old and tired. <laughs> So many times throughout these books. Yeah, yeah. He's he had us uh, scared for six books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was asleep for nine in the last series, so I don't know how he's still tired. Yeah, he should be resting. <laughs> Maybe not healed. But anyways, during this interrogation that Talon is torturing this old lady, 
we get some trustworthy information. Akana says that Abeloth is a fallen assie, and that's why she's here. Questionable info mm-hmm. coming from this thing. Yep. That looks like Abeloth. In response to this, Benjamin Skywalker blurts out, How? She was locked in the Maw for 25,000 years. What? Did we know that? Timeline? Uh, 25,000 years sounds like a brand new piece of information to me that this kid is blurting out. Yeah, there was something that had to do with 25,000 years. Was that just like... That was the slavery, the hut slave... That was 25,000 years, the dog people. Something like that. Yeah, the Klaatuinians. But what was the thing... Maybe the 25,000 years is a connection that he made with the center point technology type of thing. Center point. From, the, uh, from sinkhole station. Sinkhole. Yeah. But I the the words 25,000 years have not been expressed in relation to Abeloth's age. Yes. So she's been in the, this is a fact from Ben Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Not a lie from the lips of a freaky tentacle machine. 25,000 years she's been in the ma. Ah, what a crick in the neck. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And- How is that possible? The Falanasi woman, Akana Baloth, says, older than Jedi. Older than Sith, as old as civilization. Yeah, the Falanasi are. So, what combination of things is true here? Because the claim of Abeloth being a Falanasi is questionable. Yeah. But is Ben's info about this 25,000 years in the Maw? Is, is this info about Falanasi being older than time? There's, I guess, just civilization, you know, because maybe because the white current is like so primordially the force. Well, and what bits of this are true? Right? I think she could be some version of Falanasi because she's big into illusion. Maybe she's the one. Oh, you're right. That's the obvious connection. Maybe she's the one who taught them what they knew to begin with. Maybe she taught all those weird civilizations all their weird things. Oh, frick. Like the Ang-Ti and the... Mm -hmm. Who were the people? The Keldor underneath the... Uh, On Keldor? Well, what did they do? They did storm stuff. Yeah. What did the Ang-Ti do? Gathered Uh, artifacts. Was the flow walking stuff? Yeah, they did flow walking. Yeah. Oh, right. Well... The Rainbow Force is... Flow whopping... (laughs) Whopping? (laughs) <laughs> Flow walking doesn't sound very Abeloth. The Rainbow Force doesn't sound very Abeloth, but the Falanasi stuff does. Definitely does. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the what information's good. I don't know what I've learned here. I don't know what any of the characters have learned here. But I know that Talon wants more answers, so he orders Gavar Kai to torture kill the old lady. The retaliation of doing this is. Absolutely psychotic. (laughs) It's crazy. It's an illusion and like an aging effect. It's terror. Terror is what it is. Yeah. Uh, A cannibaloth, a cannibaloth 
extends the illusion to all of the Sith, save Talon and Vistara. Yeah. All of the Sith start having this shared illusion of horrible tentacle ghosts draining them and aging them and, and lighting Sith on fire. Yeah. Until they jump off a thousand foot cliff to their death and yeah, stuff like that. They're swinging lightsabers around and just running. Oh, and she did this with no visible effort. Yeah, she didn't move. She's still talking to them. But is it her doing it? Or is she forcing the gathering of Falanassi around to perform this evil deed with the white current? Because Luke says normally like they would never hurt somebody, right? Yeah. And they would never use the white current to let somebody get hurt. But they're under Abeloth's control. Or some such situation. Because <laughs> it's very confusing. Yeah. And how, it's... What she's doing and why. and The illusion is horrifying. Yeah, because Luke drops his white current affinity for a second. Yeah, so he can step out and see... see what they're seeing and then he drops back in and he sees there's actually nothing happening right yeah but this is what is the giveaway for luke that akana is abeloth because like i said they would never let these people hurt themselves through this illusion they would never create an illusion of weeping pox that that lets you waste yourself to death like Mm -hmm. the purple light and the mind walking yep they would never do that so it's gotta be abeloth and she lures Talon into a gathering hall, which lures Luke, Ben, and Vistara into a gathering hall. And it turns out Akana is Abeloth. And Abeloth is feeding off of the suffering yeah. of all the beings here on Peter. The The fear. She's like drinking it in. Maybe Lucas is... is positing maybe to heal herself from their last encounter because she seems to be fine she's feeding off all these people this is really dark and really creepy and really outside of normal star wars this is not something you'd normally see in any star wars book no creepy eldritch horror that she is right Ugh. Yeah. She, she well, okay, so she's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she might be here healing herself, but other than that, we don't really know what she's doing here. Luke had said before, maybe she's trying to hide in a ga- in an organization of force users, or maybe she's trying to gather them as yeah, recruit them, an army or whatever. He has no idea what she's doing, except we see that she's feeding off of them, and we see a little chit chat about. Jason and the current and how Luke is a violent Jedi. Abeloth says, wherever Jedi tread, mayhem follows. True or false? He's not, or she's not entirely wrong. They do. She's not very wrong at all. No, because, well, we, we were just talking about, they just do whatever they do and then let the chips fall. Like we saw when book oh god book four when we went to dathomir with luke skywalker okay and we saw the fallout from his previous visit yeah where he just went there shit happened he moved on with his life 
but he revolutionized an entire planet and society. Yeah, he completely reorganized their structure. By having them include men in their witchcraft. Yep. And, and treat them like good people. You know, and then it it makes you wonder what's what's going to happen to the Ang T now that he's gone and been there and fucked around with a magic pyramid beacon. What's going to happen to the Keldor? Because he went there and ruined their society. Oh, he really did. He, <laughs> he messed theirs up huge. You know? She's not really very wrong at all. No. But I would say, based on what we've been talking about, the passivity of the Jedi, usually mayhem may follow them, but they're also walking to mayhem to stop mayhem. Yeah. Just, there just happens to always be chaos behind because there can't not be with change. Yeah. They've, they've done more good than bad, I think, but still bad follows. Well, I think I would agree. They've done more good than bad, but you know, like everybody's been saying, there's always somebody that drops off the map and starts doing bad shit. So Abeloth makes Talon an offer. Sarasu Talon, I will teach you what you are becoming. She was purring these words into his ear just loud enough for Luke to hear even over the bubbling of the magma. And when you understand that, you will not need me to learn the identity of the Jedi Queen. You will know it. She makes him an offer. Catch this Luke Skywalker for me, and I'll tell you everything you want to know. Yeah, make Luke suffer. Does this offer sound familiar to you at all? Because to me, it sounds exactly like Palpatine. Yeah. I'll help you if you help me. Especially in the revealing scene where he anoints Darth Vader, Anakin Mm -hmm. as Darth Vader, and he tells him, the promise that I made you about I can teach you how to save Padme. I don't know how to do it, but together we can figure it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah. exactly the same offer. I'm not going to tell you who the queen is. I'm not going to give you your prize. I'm not going to save Padme for you. Although I claim to have that ability. I'm going to teach you how to do it yourself. And then later, right, the payoff would be she goes, okay, together we're going to figure out how to do this ourselves, right? But it's the exact same offer that Palpatine made to Anakin. And, well, he takes the offer and it's Mother Sith and on. Again. They've battled maybe four times now? Yeah. What? What? When? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) the very first time was when they found Abeloth in the cave. And then the Sith turned against the Jedi and tried to capture her instead of kill her. They ended up, Luke and, and Ben, battling with Gavar Kai and Vistara and High Lord Talon. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to find her body. And then they fight over the body. And then it's not her. Yep. Right? And then they go with to the ship. pool of knowledge. Yep. Ship leads them there. And... They see the throne and they fight. And now <laughs> Avalon says, help me out. And they fight again. It's 
quite, quite incredible to press that button four times. Yeah. And so satisfyingly, like each one of these four encounters that they have is pretty over the top, fantastic action. And this one is the cherry on top. Yeah, and it's it, other than this one, the other the other three are just different enough to yeah. not feel like stale. Right, because well, the first one they they do all have very different elements. The first one is Sith and Jedi are a team. Oh no, we're being betrayed, and now we're fighting on three different fronts. Yeah. The second one is Abeloth's not here. We're fighting over her body. The third one is Abeloth's not here. We're fighting over the throne. Yeah. In a, in a, the, the previous fight was in a big open space. This one's in an enclosed space. And now this fourth fight is Abeloth and the Sith on the same team. Yeah. Against Luke and Ben Skywalker. Yeah. Each one's an escalation of. Yes. Of, of desperation. In, in, for yeah. The Jedi. And intensity. It's putting them in, in more and more of a difficult to defend survive spot every time Mm -hmm. every stage of these battles puts luke and ben in a less defensible position and here on the fourth time gets crazy yeah vistara lightnings ben and talon at the same time luke chops abeloth across the leg and drops her in a lava pit she comes out and tries to physically choke him to death with her singe stump. <laughs> yeah. So he has to reinforce his larynx with the force, which was a brand new thing. That Okay. Very specific. Yeah. But I guess you do, right? It turns into a bonkers chaotic fight, man. Like you said, bonkers. I think Abeloth rips Luke's ear off. That's what I, I gathered from that. It gets that. very personal and very visceral, very in each other's faces. And it's a top-notch Troy Denning action scene, man. Even... With her leg cut off, she is dominating Luke in this fight. Yeah, she's got a weird, like her, as much as she has tendrils, her leg too. She's using one leg to wrap Luke's legs up. She's like a, she's a mystical jujitsu master made of tentacles. It's like, (laughs) it's like jitsing an octopus. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, it's not good. And she's dominating. She wraps him up. She's choking him to death. And the only thing that stops Luke from strangling not a lightsaber in her gut as he puts the pommel on and turns it on that doesn't stop her from trying to crush his throat it's a flying glob of liquid hot magma yeah that he that lifts Luke up and summons from that pit lands it on her back it sprays across the side of his arm and face look at all of this self-sacrifice that he's making to destroy this woman mm-hmm. this thing this being yes he's willing to kill himself with lava to kill her what the hell yeah he drops a beam on her too or something from the ceiling which takes all of his love for ben and mara and the jedi order to draw in enough of the cell bursting skin glowing anakin solo killing level of light side power that he needs to pull a beam down from the ceiling and paralyze her her arms and legs go stiff But to make a point here, he gathers in all this amazing amount of force energy and he just drops a big piece of wood on her 
<laughs> like he didn't do any amazing force technique or a, a brand new power or striker with lightning or blower off with wind or exploder with anything. Yeah, he dropped an eye beam on him. He gathered an Anakin Solo level of power to drop a wooden beam on her. It just, yeah. it was very, in contrast, those two things, like mm-hmm. the magic and I'm using the magic to hit you with a piece of wood. <laughs> it remi- <laughs> Actually, it reminds me of the Wheel of Time. And one of the criticisms of the the lead magic man in the book is that he often uses his magic to just make a sword. Okay. <laughs> you have all this <laughs> limitless possibility of magic. And you drop a piece of wood on her. But it works. Yeah. To a point, she's paralyzed, but Avaloth still almost eats him. She opens up that face-wide grin of thousands yeah. of teeth. So he bisects her in half. I think that's what bisect means, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Cuts her in half with his lightsaber now that she's paralyzed and can't strangle him to death anymore. Meanwhile... On the other side of the gathering hall, Ben is barely surviving against a Sith High Lord and Vistara the Apprentice. Good work, Ben. Dude. <laughs> what? And But barely. Like, yeah. for real, barely. Luke can barely help to say barely one more time. Yeah, he, he can... He can't... He goes to try and jump over there and his leg gives up. Yeah, his knees busted. His chest feels broken from dropping a beam. On, he's under there. Yep. <laughs> she was on top of him, choking him to death, and he crushed her and himself. Yeah, he, this, again, this this willing self-sacrifice, he's willing to die to kill this thing. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen Luke Skywalker in this much dangerous desperation mode. Yeah. He, uh, he's never actually had stakes this high before. Because this being is a brand new thing we've never seen in yeah. my reading of Star Wars no. books, which is like 40-some. Nothing like this. And, oh. He's not able to get over to help Ben quickly enough. Or maybe he just doesn't because he's annoyed at him. <laughs> because Ben's fighting Vistara. Not really trying to kill her. No. He's... Very clear the attack pattern is. Yeah, he's holding back. He's... Trying to disarm her. Yeah, just disarm, not maim. Not surprising, though, right? No. I'll tell you what's surprising. When into the gathering hall walks Callista. Yes. Whom Abeloth first appeared to us as back on her home planet in the first battle between Abeloth, Luke, and the Sith. Yeah, that was her first appearance appearance to Luke appearing as one of his other former lovers yeah. right this is three now Akana Callista and Dream Mara mm-hmm. why that theme why that common theme don't know she's as far as from my reading she's only got Lumaya left really <laughs> who knows the guy could have 17 other girlfriends <laughs> I never knew about Callista before she I had to look her up yeah. right But she walks in with the scars from the previous battle that we had just mentioned. Luke says, quote, 
they were both Abeloth. Yeah. What? Tim. Yep. What? She's not a clone. We've seen clones. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. but They were both Abeloth. He asks, how many bodies do you have? And she said, more than you can kill. Yeah. Whoa. Because it almost took his life to kill one. Yeah. And she wraps him in a choke again, sparing him from Talon's lightsaber when he tries to kill him. Mm Mm-hmm. And says she, quote again, wants Luke to suffer as we have suffered. What? Tim, what? What does that? What does that mean? Uh, I did. Yeah. What did this guy do to his (laughs) ex-girlfriends? Is that the royal we she's referring to? Yeah, all her bodies that he's what maimed is happening. Luke warns Ben to run. He makes a final desperate force pull at the roof. And then deeper, 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 unconscious. Blackout. Has Luke ever been in this much danger on our podcast? Oh, no. Never mind all the books you have read and can't really remember. Mm -hmm. Has he ever been nearly strangled to death by an ancient magical being only escaping with his life by risking his own life to then be wrapped up again by the same ancient mystical being with no hope. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. The same, but not at not because no. now he's 79% defeated already. Yeah. He's and been she's lava fresh, fresh and crushed. And High Lord Talon and Vistara Kai are standing right by. Yeah, they're still there. Two Sith and Abeloth and unconscious Luke Skywalker. And, uh, and a defenseless, tired, helpless, hopeless Ben. He's never been in this much danger. No, before. there's, I don't see a way out. It makes me want to ask a few questions. No, well, as you do. Will Abeloth eat Luke Skywalker? <laughs> Will Abeloth torture Luke? Will Abeloth transform Luke? Will Abeloth become Luke Skywalker? Find out next week. Your your face is very concerned. I didn't think of the transform Luke. (laughs) Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 6, Vortex, chapters 33 through 35 to finish our 15th book of the podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Are you Abeloth? Am I Abeloth? <laughs> Who is? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, 
Twitter and YouTube at jplazer. Check us out.